Welcome to Milk and Honey, a ministry of Posture Shift. My name is Grant Hartley, and I will be your host. This is a podcast meant to showcase the truth, beauty, and goodness of the traditions and communities to which Side B folks belong through the lens of Side B folks ourselves, that is, Christian sexual and gender minorities who submit to what is often called the traditional sexual ethic. It is a space in which we can experience treasures together, music, liturgy, reflections, meditations, teachings, from diverse Side B lives of faith and from the diverse faithful communities which strengthen and nourish us. In this episode, we'll be hearing Eve Tushnet offer a devotional treasure, some passages from her new book, Tenderness. Tenderness will be released on December 3rd. You can pre-order it now. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Eve Tushnet, and I'm going to be reading as a devotional the excerpts from the final section of my forthcoming book, uh, Tenderness, A Gay Christian's Guide to Unlearning Rejection and Experiencing the Extravagant Love of God. Uh, This section is called All the Names of God, and it's in some ways a summary of the whole project of the book, which is to acknowledge the ways that gay people's experiences in the churches have made it hard for them to see Jesus as a tender, loving, merciful figure in their lives. And kind of how do we restore then a relationship with God that's founded on trust and specifically trust in his tenderness toward us. So again, this is the last section and I'm only going to read excerpts because it is a little long. Uh, So what you're going to get now will not be that long. All the names of God. Throughout St. Augustine's confessions, he addresses God directly as you or as Lord, both of which are familiar to us from the first prayers we were taught. But Augustine also calls God by other names, ardent and tender names, beauty, for example, or joy. These are aspects of God which we may start to forget, especially if our relationship with God becomes troubled or overly abstract. God might start to seem like a distant and forbidding judge or a disappointed parent, or just a set of harsh laws designed to make everybody a criminal. He might start to seem like just a word, not the word, just a word hollowed of meaning by constant repetition. God might start to seem like just another word for our ideas about God. For others, the names for God that we were taught growing up carry all the baggage of the falsehoods we're trying to shed. For many gay Christians, addressing God in the terms they heard in church only calls up painful memories, doubts, anxieties, and fears of rejection. Too many of our churches have made even the name Jesus, the name above all names, into a weapon against gay people. If this is your situation, it's all the more urgent to give yourself the freedom to explore other names for the one who loves you, the one who is love. I've heard gay Christians suggest names like Elder Brother or Wonderful Counselor, drawing on images from scripture. Cistercian and Benedictine authors, including St. Bernard, St. Aelred, St. Anselm, and St. Gertrude the Great, plus others like St. Catherine of Siena and Julian of Norwich, I put in all these names so that people would trust me with what I'm about to say, uh, spoke of Jesus or God, and sometimes Paul or Moses or monks, as our soul's mother, who gives birth to our soul and nurtures us at the breast of the crucified. At its most lyrical, this imagery as Jesus as mother emphasizes our Lord's vulnerability. He is the rock, but he is the cleft rock. 
Wounds have been made in his limbs, holes in the wall of his body, in which, like a dove, you may hide while you kiss them one by one. God is beauty, who made all the beauties which pierce our hearts, from the burning autumn moon in rags of black cloud to the laughter of the woman you love. He does not want you to reject beauty. The beauties God has made can remind your intellect of, and prepare your heart to encounter, their creator. He is beauty's climax and crescendo. I've used a couple different methods to remind myself of who God has been in my life. One is to add praise to my usual prayers of petition and thanksgiving. I pray when I get up and before I go to bed. For a while, these were fairly standard recovering alcoholic-type prayers. In the morning, I'd thank God for giving me this day, I'd ask for help in the areas where I often struggle, and I'd call to mind anything that might be especially challenging that day and ask for help and guidance there. At night, I would distractedly, having stayed up too late on the internet, thank God for the day that's passed and for any daily reprieves I'd received for my besetting sins, try to do a quick assessment of and apologize uh, for any sins I committed, and ask God to bless various people in my life. This is all fine, but these are prayers somewhat trapped in my own anxieties. They're constrained by the daily life I already lead and tend to draw my mind toward myself and other people rather than toward God. So I started making sure I took at least a moment to praise God. That often meant identifying specific things the Lord had done for me. In recovery, you have the obvious gift of your daily undeserved sobriety. Oh God, you saved me when I was going down into the pit. You have set my feet on a rock. You have brought me refuge. There is also always, as long as you have breath, the fact that God has preserved your life. No matter what other people think of you, God has said, by sustaining you through another day, that he wishes for you to continue to exist. A simple statement of what he has done can be a powerful prayer and an endearment. You know me and you love me, my mercy. God is refuge, rock, redeemer, my hope, my delight, my only good, my joy and my mercy, guide of my life, my only peace, my advocate, my shelter. Scripture shows God as your trustworthy lover, your steadfast friend. Name him for what you need most. Name him as whatever you feel your life most painfully lacks. Jesus, my faith, hear me. Jesus, my father and mother, I trust in you. Jesus, my wisdom, peace, and sanity, I place my life in your hands. Jesus, my health and shelter, be with me. He is your home, your forgiveness, your sobriety, your fearlessness. Naming him in this way is likely to be painful and not too spiritually fruitful if you expect it to make you feel his presence in these aspects of your life. In general, anytime you hope a prayer will make you feel something, you'll probably be disappointed. But if you make it an invitation to Jesus to enter your life through its wounds, as you enter his life through his, it can draw you closer to him. If you make this kind of prayer as a statement of your willingness to encounter Christ where he seems most absent, that act of willingness in itself is one of the greatest acts of faith you could make. Consider the prayers you already say, prayers which can sometimes seem as if they've been worn down to nothingness, like those old coins where the faces have rubbed off from a century of grabby handling. I've sometimes taken a moment to go through a familiar prayer and re-understand it, scraping off the words to expose the divine love they describe. The Lord is with thee, becomes, love has come to you. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, becomes, you are bringing love to a world which needs it desperately, and love will be glad to come to us. You'll know best which prayers already speak to you. Try spending a day praying everything you already pray with an extra attentiveness to God's tenderness. What would these words mean if they meant that God cherishes you? And seek out traditional prayers which name God in ways that help you know his love. Our traditional devotions are there to expose aspects of Christ which we would not be able to come up with on our own. 
poking your nose around a basic book of traditional prayers or a hymnal book of spirituals or other collection of expressions of our love and longing for God may truffle up a prayer you didn't know you needed. Uh, I love the Anima Christi, a 14th century prayer whose composer is uncertain. Uh, it's this, I'm about to do it. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. Good Jesus, hear me. In thy wounds, hide me. Let me not be separated from thee. From the malicious enemy, defend me. At the hour of my death, call me and bid me come unto thee, that I may praise thee with thy saints and with thy angels forevermore. I mean, look at this thing. It's a swooning, love-drunk song of joy and urgent need. It's insistently physical. The body of the Lord is present in this prayer, pulsing with the life he longs to give us. As someone who finds it easy to love the church as the bride of Christ, whose conversion was, in a way, a falling in love with the church as the bride of Christ, I'm glad to have this prayer to express my love for Jesus the man. I love this prayer's attentiveness to Jesus' woundedness. He is open to us. He calls us to enter into his body through the sacred wounds. His wounds are open mouths, witnessing to all his people suffer, including all that we suffer from one another. His wounds are shelters, enclosing us like the velvet curtain of the confessional, making a place where we can be utterly honest with him. His wounds are how we recognize him, like Thomas the Apostle. His wounds are to be kissed and to be displayed, and not to be healed, which should complicate our own desires for healing or for change in our painful circumstances. Every line of this prayer is so wise. Look at how we ask Christ's passion, his endurance, his suffering, to strengthen us. For Christians, passion is an action. To endure without despair requires strength, and the strength it requires is not ours. We don't generate it from within, it is given to us by God. Only through Christ can we offer our own suffering in union with his. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. From the very beginning of what people in recovery call my drinking career, I drank like an alcoholic. I drank to get drunk. I've never seen the point of the other kind of drinking. Nice drinking. I drank for ecstasy, for fearlessness, for shattering of the self, and for adventure. I ended up obviously terrified and trapped, avoiding friends, walking that tightening barbed wire circuit from my apartment to the liquor store day after day. The Anima Christi honors the desires I sought to fulfill in drinking and recalls me to the wine which gives life. The blood of Christ gives fearlessness that lasts. It brings a self-forgetting which leads not to isolation, but to deeper communion with others, and especially with God. In this prayer, I beg to be drunk again, utterly given over, reeling under the influence of love and salvation. This is the drunkenness of a lover who wants the night to last forever, who wants to remain always clasped in the beloved's arms. Hear me. Let me speak to you. Hide me. Hold me close. Protect our intimacy. Make a world for us, too. Defend me from all who would keep us apart. Let me not be separated from thee. Marry me. Do more than marry me. Married lovers are parted at death, and for us death is only the entrance into even more complete union. At death, bid me come to you. Call me and I'll come, and spend my endless days showering you with every endearment. In being with you and praising you is my delight. Let it never end. Thanks everyone for listening. Once again, Milk and Honey is a podcast brought to you by Posture Shift. You can learn more about their work at postureshift.com. 
Shout out also to our sibling podcast, Life on Side B. You can learn more about both podcasts at lifeonsideb.com. Our producer is Josh Proctor, and I'm your host, Grant Hartley. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more or support us, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash life on side B. And if you have a treasure in the broad categories of devotional, liturgy, or hymnal that you'd like to contribute to Milk and Honey, go to lifeonsidebe.com forward slash milk and honey. We would love to hear from you. See you, friends. Talk again soon and very soon. Mm-hmm.